Hello again, you wonderful teachers and catechists and anyone else who may be listening. Uh, welcome to another episode of Christ in the Classroom presented by Sophia Institute for Teachers. I'm your host, Jose Gonzalez. It's great to, um, to dive in with all of you again today. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to continue the conversation we started last week. Uh, we're going to dive into um, looking at the LGBTQ issues again, uh, particularly this point from the perspective of a young man. Uh, this young man is is a truly um, just amazing soul. Uh, I had a fantastic conversation with him. His name is Emmanuel Gonzalez. Uh, he's young. He's about to be a senior at Franciscan University of Steubenville. Uh, and while he may not be uh, a seasoned teacher, um, I thought it would be good to bring in the perspective of someone who is not that far removed um, in age from many of the students that we teach, uh, but who has a wonderful and powerful story to share, um, to share uh, the power of God's grace in his life, to also share some great advice on how we as teachers and catechists um, can love our students who come from um, homes with this issue or that they themselves struggle with. Uh, and it's a really beautiful conversation, a powerful conversation. And I love how the Holy Spirit works here. Um, I first heard about Manny from a podcast that uh, Jason Everett uh, did, uh, who was a guest last week. He interviewed Manny as well. Um, and that's from his uh, podcast called Lust is Boring. I would encourage you to check out that conversation as well. Um, what I also found very beautiful about my conversation with Manny is that uh, Manny brought up many similar points that Kim brought up last week. Uh, and I think that that is beautiful and it reinforces the truth of what we believe and what we teach. Uh, and so I, I encourage you to, to sort of give it a listen, but, you know, similar points, but a different perspective. And, and so I really appreciated that Um I ask that you uh, pray for Manny and the ministry that and the work that he is doing. Um, and I also hope that you just enjoy this conversation. As usual, before we dive into the conversation and really get things going, let's begin our time together with a prayer in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Direct, O Lord, we beseech you all our actions by your holy inspirations and carry them on by your gracious assistance that every prayer and work of ours may always begin from you and by you be happily ended through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, with that, um, I give you this wonderful conversation, uh, and I uh, hope that you enjoy um, what Manny had to say and share with each of us. All right. Well, thank you for listening, uh, those that are out there today. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, with me today is uh, Emmanuel Gonzalez, also known as Manny, uh, and I just want to welcome you to um, to the show, Manny, and, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, for those uh, who, who may not know you or haven't heard you on other podcasts or other or heard you give a talk somewhere, uh, why don't you just share with us a little bit about who you are and uh, share your story with us? Um, so I'll let you kind of kind of dive in. So, yeah, awesome. Thank you for having me, Jose. Um, I'm super excited to be here with you guys. Um, yeah, so my name is Emmanuel Gonzalez. Uh, most people know me simply as Manny. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of my background. I was born and raised cradle Catholic. Um, and I was brought up in Catholic private schools. And around fifth grade, I started realizing that I was attracted 
to other guys while all the boys in class were talking about their girl crushes and, you know, the cooties that they had for all these different girls. Um, I realized that I didn't feel that way towards other girls. In fact, I felt that way towards other, other guys. And this just started this whole journey with the Lord um, because, you know, Jesus tends to do this thing where he takes us on these long, exciting and, you know, beautiful, interesting journeys. And that's what he did with me. And so when I first came to the realization that I experienced same-sex attraction, um, I suppressed it and I grew in hatred of God and the church. And eventually this really spiraled me out um, into eventual just years of acting out and rebellion. Um, eventually my parents did find out junior year of high school. And once mom and dad found out, I decided that um, I was going to embrace my attractions, that I was going to live how I wanted to live and that I want nothing to do with the church or with God. And so that's what I did for a number of years, um, senior year of high school into my two first years of college. I um, romantically pursued men. I um, was sexually active, involved in the LGBT plus community here in Dallas, Texas, my hometown. Um, just really submerged myself um, and allowed my same-sex attractions to be my identity, to be how I define myself, how I lived, um, all the while just distancing furthermore from God. Um, but then about three years ago, the Lord um, really just woke me up from my slumber, I guess you could say. And um, he allowed me to really just see the depths of the grave that I was digging myself into. And this goes beyond homosexuality, you know, like, yes, I was acting out in sexual sin, but there was also a lot of other sin too. Um, but yeah, so long story short, um, I, I received from the Lord, um, basically just this realization that um, I was heading, I was on a path that wasn't exactly heading somewhere good. Um, but I didn't know how to turn my life around. How do you turn your life around when you've established yourself in a community, when you've established yourself as a person. Um, and so for a while, I kind of buried down this, I guess you could say message from God, however you'd say it. Um, but that ate me alive because when Jesus speaks to us and we ignore him, you know, he's a gentleman, so he doesn't force himself back into our hearts. But um, he also, it was in the back of my mind the whole time. And um, eventually it happened again where the Lord in October, 2018, just really, made himself abundantly clear to me um, that I wasn't living to the fullest of my potential, that the life that I was living, there was something and someone so much greater um, because, you know, a life of sin, obviously, you know, sin feels good. If it didn't, we wouldn't commit it. So it felt good. It felt pleasurable, but it was all fleeting. I wasn't at peace. Very much the St. Augustine quote, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. And, um, I knew that there was a joy out there that was much greater. Um, and so long story short, that night I made a promise to Jesus and I told him, Lord, um, if you, I don't know who you are. I hear you're a good God. <laughs> I hear you're great. But if you are as good as they say you are, help me because I can't do this alone. And since then, it has been about, um, it's been three years this October will be my three year anniversary, praise God, um, of that promise to Jesus. And he, it's, can't explain it as anything other than grace. But since then I've been able to just pick up my cross and follow him. And I've um, very joyfully pursued the church, Catholic church's teachings on homosexuality and abstinence. So I've been living a chaste life. Um, 
And in December of 2018, I received um, just this, I guess you could say vision of the need for me to share my story. So in January of 2019, I posted my testimony on YouTube and I realized that this, there was a need for this in the church. There was a need for us as Catholics to talk about same-sex attraction. And so many people reaching out to me from all over the world, just saying that they felt alone. And um, so I started posting more YouTube videos. I started a blog site and eventually the Lord just opened doors. And when we give him our yes, he supplements that. And that's what happened in my life. So now by the grace of God, I, I'm a student at Franciscan University of Sumerville, Ohio. Um, so I am a student, but um, on the side, it, it's become a, a ministry for me. We're now through my social media platforms, um, through various speaking engagements, features on podcasts, whatever. Um, I am able to just share my personal testimony and just share the goodness found in church teaching. Because truly, I mean, as someone who lived pretty much the same amount of time, it was about three years um, within, you know, the LGBT plus community and within, um, you know, that um, I guess you could say pursuing my same sex attraction now about three years in the church. So about even times I just, I want to share the goodness found in church teaching and found the freedom found that when we live as beloved children of God, when we root our identities in that, when we root our choices in that, the freedom and the peace and the joy that's found in that. And so I've had the blessing of working with Catholic bishops. I've been featured with Courage International, Jason Everett. I'm now here. I've reached thousands of people and it's, it's beautiful. The Lord's doing so much goodness. And I am just so, so thankful to now be able to just share his goodness furthermore with all of you today on the Sophia um, Christ in the Classroom platform. So I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Really powerful. One thing I just want to bring out, um, kind of point out a point that you made that really, um, which is an interesting thing that struck me is um, as, as we just listened a little bit ago to those that are listening to uh, we chatted with Kim Zember Mm. and she brought up this point. You brought up this point of there's this need to talk about it. And that's what she, she really brought up that point in our conversation as well about if we don't talk about this as a church, if we don't address this issue as a church, then the world's going to address it. And mm-hmm. so there is a need for us to talk about this. Um, uh, you know, I shared with her, I said, you know, I grew up Catholic as well. And I didn't, um, and the fact that I had no idea what the church is teaching on same-sex attraction on homosexuality, or even a whole other slew of other sexual issues that I did not know what the church's teaching on those were till I was a sophomore at Franciscan university is sort of a poverty that we have that because nobody is talking about this. Um, I mean, I think more and more we are hearing it, praise God, um, you know, for people like yourself and for Kim and for others that are out there vocalizing this. Um, but, I think it's really kind of an interesting thing that you, that's one thing you noticed when you talked about it, you saw a need that people were desperately wanting to hear voices um, like that. So praise God. And, and thank you for the work um, that you're doing. And I'm sure that those, the teachers listening and the catechists listening right now are hopefully um, just, just getting a little more insight into how to talk about this with their kids, how to, how to look at it um, and, and put a face with the struggle, but also realize like, um, I love that you're willing to talk about the struggle because the reality is, is so many people see this as something that's impossible, that's insurmountable. Um, And even you pointed that out, like seeing the difficulty of once you established yourself in that community 
in that identity, how hard it was to kind of, to break away from that. Can you maybe talk about just a little bit more about how did Christ work in your life to help you to kind of step away from that? Because it does that, that, that has to seem, that's gotta be really jarring. Um, and as much as con, as convicted as you got to step away from this whole community, this whole life that you had um, embraced and, 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 and put yourself into, how did the Lord help you out of that? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. Thank you for touching on that. Cause that's actually an extremely important part of, um, I think my own testimony is just speaking into the struggle, right? Because this is a cross and crosses are heavy and I, every day is a battle. Um, you know, as Christians, it's not sainthood isn't easy. So, um, you know, as joyful, and as good as church teachings are and as this life is, it's, it's difficult. Absolutely. Um, and so, especially for me, um, so like I said, in my testimony, when I first kind of, I guess you could say was awoken by the Lord, um, I went um, months without really doing anything about it because I, I felt this conviction, but I was like, you know what, the Catholic Church, I tried looking into what the church taught and I was like, this is lame, this is mundane, chastity sounds boring, I don't want anything to do with this. And so I really got to experience um, that summer of 2018, I really got to experience that feeling of ultimate disconnect from the Lord where we hear his voice and we willingly choose to ignore him and to turn the other way. And so I think that partially had a huge part in just allowing me to look back when I did eventually revert because I was able to see that is what life looks like when Jesus speaks to us and we blatantly turn away from him. Like it is a, it is a heavy heaviness on your heart that you just really can't understand until you experience it. And so I think that first of all, the Lord allowed me to experience that you know, kind of turning away so that I could see what that life would look like without him. Um, so I think that had a huge motivation, just like, okay, this is something I want because I've seen the other side and I don't want that. Mm -hmm. um, so that definitely had a part, but then I would say some practicals when I did come back around the second time, which was October, 2018. Um, it was difficult. I lost, especially when I posted my testimony publicly in, just in January of 2019, I lost 90% of my community easily um, because here are all these people that for years, you know, they knew me as, you know, Manny's, you know, the fun guy at the gay clubs. He's the fun, you know, the fun gay kid. And, you know, he's, and all of a sudden here I am saying, I want to live a chaste life. Catholic church is good. And we shall pursue this. It's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like talk about a radical, everyone was confused. And so I lost about 90 to all of my community walked away from me, but the Lord was able to really supplement that. Um, it was painful. It was hard. I still am recovering from wounds from that just in terms of friendship, but mm -hmm. he was able to replace those friends. I wouldn't even say replace because that's a negative. They were in my life for the seasons they need to be, but I was able to, he supplemented me with new brothers and sisters over time through my campus, through my ministry, online platform, whatever. Um, who were able to walk with me and accompany me because accompaniment was huge. Um, because at the beginning I didn't have that. And that was really, really mm -hmm. hard. You can't walk with this cross alone. Um, Jesus needed Simon of Serene and we all need a Simon of Serene. Even the church wants us to have that. Um, and yeah, it was, it was that constant reception of the sacraments, um, 
constant just pushing into prayer, um, leaning on community, finding new friends who I could lean into. Um, and honestly, just knowing that I wasn't alone, connecting with people played a huge part in that um, healing in my reversion. And by healing, I mean the sense of being able to gather the strength um, to carry my cross, because obviously the Lord supplemented that through prayer, but he also loves us through other people and we need people. And that was a huge, that played a huge role in my reversion was finding those people. Amen. Wow. Great stuff. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, Manny, another question I have for you is, so you as, um, you're someone you, uh, you mentioned you, you've done, you, you did the, the, the Catholic school thing, you did the public school thing. So just kind of maybe thinking back on your time as a student or, or maybe just in general, um, for the teachers listening, um, I know that many of them struggle. Heck, I struggled with it when I was a teacher. How do we communicate the church's teaching on homosexuality, on same-sex attraction in a way that is truthful but also loving and doesn't come across in a way that's condemning or that, that, that drives our kids away. I know that like we can't fully control. Sometimes kids are going to walk away from the truth for a while. Right. Um, but it kills me um, when, if it's to hear when students say, you know, the church just hates gay people or the church, this or that. And part of me is like, how was that communicated to you? And maybe I've, I've had to check myself as a religion teacher in the past going, did I communicate that by the way I was presenting the teaching? I don't know. Maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. Um, I pray that I wasn't, but as you, as, as being someone who's, who's lived with this struggle, I'm sure you've experienced people in the church teaching this in good and bad ways, the way that it comes across. What advice do you have for teachers and catechists and how they communicate this? How do they teach this in that way? Yeah, great question. Um, so yes, I personally do. We have a lot of work to do um, because yes, we do have a lot of work to do. Um, I would say from my own personal experience, so like, like you had said, um, I was in Catholic private schools throughout middle school. And then once I got into high school, that's when I transferred to public school. And obviously those are two entirely different perspectives teaching wise, I think rather obviously, but I would say specifically in Catholic private schools, um, the first thing that comes to mind is we just need to talk about it. <laughs> we need to talk about this because to be quite honest with you, I did not think kind of similar to what you had said, I don't think I heard once about the topic of same-sex attraction or even really just sexuality in general, human sexuality while I was at school. And that is a problem because middle school age, especially more and more studies are showing that is when exposure to pornography is happening. That's when, especially in our culture, by middle school age, I mean, unfortunately we have, if you have a phone, you have exposure to anything and everything. And kids are finding out more and more nowadays. And by this time, we should be talking about this. We should be talking about by high school age, human sexuality in Catholic private schools. There's no reason we should not be talking about it. And um, I didn't hear about it. So I didn't even know what the church taught at all from my teachers, from um, my classmate. I didn't know anything that the church had to teach. So that was why I automatically assumed I grew in hatred of God and of the church because I assumed automatically that 
I was just hated because I was like, well, all that I was hearing from my classmates, I mean, you know, obviously we're humans, we're imperfect, but um, it's very common public school or private school, no matter where you are, but middle school boys, gay jokes, you know, the whole, you know, you're gay, that's gay, this is gay, you know, queer, this, that. And so not me not hearing from my teachers what the church taught, but hearing from my classmates, you know, that gay was negative, that it was bad, that you avoid it, that that's not what you want to be. That's, you know, the death of deaths. That is what kind of spiraled me into a, okay, so teachers aren't talking about it. So they must hate them. My classmates seem to hate them. So obviously the church must hate them as a whole and God must hate them. And so therefore, you know, he hates me. And um, so I think we need to talk about it. I think we need to talk about it. And in regards to you know, you, I love how you said truth because that is, you know, love encompasses the whole of that. So love in its wholeness is truth, but it's also compassion. I think the problem, not the problem. I think what we're struggling with is we're going one way or the other. We're either delivering full truth, which is good, but you know, this is a heavy truth. This is something that is life-changing to tell someone, especially at a young age that they might potentially have to live in abstinence, you know, in a single vocation for the rest of their lives, that is not something light. And so if we're going to deliver that kind of a truth, we need to be willing. And the church even tells us we have to accompany these people. And so I think part of the, part of the, the struggle right now in the school system is we will deliver this truth. We'll say, you know, this is the catechism. This is what it teaches, but then that's it. It's like, so that poor kid sitting in the classroom is like, okay, going to be single the rest of my life. Great. Help me. Like, so I think on that regard, teachers need to be providing students with, okay, here's church teaching. I'm here for you. We need to be here for these people. And talk about the whole of church teaching. Because again, truth on human sexuality is only part of it. Like the other paragraphs, 23358, I'm sorry, 2358 through 2359, talk just about accompanying these people. So if we're going to talk about church teaching, we need to talk about the whole of the teaching, not just half of it. So talk about truth talk about the truth of human sexuality, of the body of marriage, but then let these individuals who experience safe extraction, let them know, you know, I'm here for you. Come after class. If you need to talk to someone, talk to the school counselor, talk to the priest on campus, provide resources, provide, you know, um, there's, you know, by the grace of God, it's like you said, we definitely have room to grow, but the church is working on, there are resources like Courage International, Eden Invitation, um, different examples like Kim Zember, like me, like Avera Maria Sanso, different people, Hudson Biblo, different people in the church who kids can turn to and look at for support. And so we need to provide that. We can't just tell kids this is truth and that's it. You got to live with it. Like, no, this is truth. And if you want to live it as the Lord is calling you to do, as you should do, this is how you can do it. Um mm. And then I would say the other on the other spectrum, that false compassion of we can't be afraid to speak truth. We can also as teachers and as authority figures be in front of these class, these students who rely on us for for truth um, and not speak truth into them. We have to be honest with this is what the church teaches. Um, this is where the world is lacking. And again, fullness with church teaching. But this is the hope and the goodness found in this truth. And mm -hmm you know, not making it seem like a depressing, lonely, miserable call. Cause it's a beautiful call. It's a beautiful teaching. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And, and I think part of that truth and I, and, and I know Kim kind of 
chatted about this in, in our conversation was the reality that like we have to teach the whole when you I, I like that you say the whole of the church teaching because yes the accompaniment but also the whole vision for for human sexuality because the thing is is like it's not like homosexuality is like this one like weird abomination sin that's over here because I think that's often what we where we where we as educators and in the church we like make this the sin that is worse than all other sexual sins and the reality is is like okay you may have a kid in your class that struggles with that but you guarantee you also have a kid in your class that struggles with pornography. You have a kid in your class that struggles with the church's understanding of contraception. You like everybody, like, I think the reality is, is I can't think of a single, like if we're being real, I can't think of a single person that doesn't have some kind of struggle in the realm of human sexuality. Right. I think because we are human, we are sexual beings Ergo, we struggle with living the church's teaching on sexuality in its purest form on a, on a varying degree or spectrum. Every single one of us has that struggle. And so we need to acknowledge that and we need to say, okay, it is not, yes, we have to talk about homosexuality, but we have to talk about all the sexual things. Like, and just be very clear, like, you struggling with homosexuality doesn't make you any more sinful or any more weird than the guy over here who's struggling with pornography or who's sleeping with his, with his girlfriend when he shouldn't be right. All of those things are on the same spectrum and we have to recognize the, the, um, that there's quote unquote disorder in all of that, right? Like the ordered form of sexuality is husband and wife, in marriage. And then to talk about that, even within marriage, you can still not live that properly. That just because you're married, it's not a magical, like, oh, look, just because I'm, you know, engaging in, in the sexual act with my wife, that even that one instance is perfect and pure, right? Because um, there's so many sins that can happen even within the context of that. And so I think we have to get give kids a, a healthy view and not be afraid to talk about it. And I really, that yeah, what, what you said about, about needing to talk about it and give, putting everything in context is, is spot on. Um, I mean, we, I think we kind of addressed it, but I think I'd like to just maybe talk a little more deeply. Like, what would you say? I mean, do you, do you have any advice for a, maybe a Catholic school teacher or a catechist or somebody who might have somebody in their class that actually comes forth with this, that they're, they have someone that br bravely enough comes to them and says, Hey, I'm struggling with this sin. Like, this is how I feel. What suggestions would you have for them to help accompany that kid? Or, you know, how, you know, should they take that on? Should they definitely, should they start to like push them toward other resources and other professionals? Like, yeah, just kind of what's your, what's your take advice on, on that situation? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, amen to everything you said about, yeah, teaching on human sexuality and holding everyone to the same standard of chastity, because that's what the church calls us to. Um, so amen to what you said on that. But in regards to the question that you just asked, um, you know, there's no cookie cutter answer, right? Because every, the, I think the key of accompaniment in this, you know, in this particular area um, is relationship 
And obviously every human relationship is different. So every teacher is going to have a different relationship with their student. You might have some teachers that are much closer to their student and can accompany them therefore much better than other teachers. So obviously there's no specific, this is what you should do. But however, with that relationship <clears throat> aspect of this, um, clearly your student trusts you. If they are coming to you with this, there is some level of trust because this is, I hate the coming out culture, but, um, and I put that in quotes because I, yeah. But if a student comes to you with this or quote unquote comes out or however you want to call it, um, that's scary. And that takes a huge level of vulnerability and they trust you. So receive that. Um, and I would say in that moment when they're first revealing this to you, listen, you know, that is so important. Listen, in that moment, listen. Again, it doesn't mean you can't get to a point or you shouldn't get to a point where you do, you know, start to speak truth because absolutely you need to. But in that moment, if they are in tears coming to you with this, don't stop them midway and be like, okay, so I have the answer for you. The catechism says that, you know, let them cry, let them speak what they need to speak, let them air out because this is hard and they are relying on you to listen. So be the ear of Christ. Sometimes we need to be the ear rather than the mouth. And so be the ear of Christ in that moment. And then I would say when it comes to a point, again, this is your own discernment, whether or not you feel like it'll be in that specific conversation or maybe another conversation you'll you'll kind of initiate with the student later on, get to the point where you can be like, okay, so thank you for coming to me with this. Thank you for trusting me with this. Remind them of their goodness. You're loved because a lot of them don't feel loved. I didn't feel loved mm. by God, by the church, by anybody. So remind them of their goodness and root them in their identity because ultimately that is where the seed will be planted. And they, you might be the last per, the last Bible that they want to read. So don't be afraid to root that child in their identity. You are a son, you're a daughter. This sin, it's not even sin. The attractions aren't even sin. So I don't even right. Right, right, <laughs> So right. it's like, you know, so this, these attractions that you experience, you know, they don't define you. You're so much more than that. The church loves you. God loves you. The church wants you to, um, the church wants um, the best for you in regards to these attractions. The church wants you to live a joyful life chastity is good. And then that's when you can, I think it's important to provide resources. I definitely think anybody and everyone should um, just because they're out there. And I think, you know, that's just, we need as much armor as we can get in this battle. So I think you should be able, teachers should be able to um, have some kind of list accumulated where they can be like, you know, um, you know, there's different organizations or resources in the church that you can maybe go home and look at. But besides that, I don't think that we should just say, all right, Go take your load to those people. I want nothing else to do with you. Like we need to say, here are organizations, resources the church has, but also how can I help you? How can I, do you want to come talk to me after class? Do you want to go talk to the school counselor? How can I be here for you? And again, that might just be you having to just be an open ear for them. But again, that is an opportunity for you to grow in a relationship, to build trust. And in that trust, when a person knows that you love them and that you will, they're good, that is when truth is better received because they know if this person, if this teacher loves me and they will my good, and I know this, then clearly when they speak this truth, it's because they love me and they want the best for me. And so that will be a lot easier for them to receive because um, they'll believe that that's the case. Um, so I don't know if that, that helps no, or if that makes no, sense. Uh, yeah, that all makes sense. That, that helps. Um, I, I think talking about it, I think, I think one of the biggest things and one of the, kind of themes I'm noticing um, that both you 
um, and Kim um, have kind of brought up is the idea of affirming um, and even um, in, in a different episode, I, I spoke with Jason Everett, the idea of affirming the identity of our kids as sons and daughters of God, mm. that they are loved by Jesus Christ, and that these attractions are not their identity. And I think that that's something, um, and I know a lot of what we're talking about may feel like an issue that um, teachers don't have to deal with till the kids are in middle school or high school. But the reality is, is for those of you teachers that are listening to this and you're teaching kindergarten or, or first grade and you're sitting, you know, what does this episode have to do with me? Like, how can I apply this in my classroom? The reality of affirming the goodness of your kids, who they are as male and female, as, as, as cr- loved and created by God, the father, that they are so passionately loved by him and, 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 and driving that point home as much as possible in those younger grades so that if and when this becomes a struggle that your kids that you're teaching in kindergarten have to deal with, they have a little bit more confidence and they, they recognize the love that they have of the father to be able to step out and, and face this. But also younger and younger, like you said, fifth grade, right, is when you started to kind of notice this in yourself. Um, and I have no doubt that... Um, based on the culture that we live in and the exposure that our kids have to things, um, we're going to start seeing kids acknowledging these struggles younger and younger in our society. Um, and so, so I think it's important to be equipped with some of this knowledge, even in the younger grades, because who knows um, when we're going to start um, hearing some of those things. I mean, I mean, I know in, in television shows recently, I'm like, how is this 10 year old coming out? you know, quote unquote, coming out in this, in this show, like at 10, you know, I didn't know, I didn't understand the difference between the color brown and dark brown at 10. (laughs) I know we were playing with crayons and now it's like, (laughs) yeah, right. So, so it's, um, uh, so, so, but that speaks to the kind of the climate of the culture that we just need to kind of be aware. And it's good for us as, um, as teachers and, and I don't know about you, but like, you know, just kind of as a, of a word of encouragement to the, to maybe the younger grade teachers that are listening. Like if you're a good kindergarten or first grade teacher and you're in a K through eight school, you might have a good relationship with those eighth graders that are coming back to visit you and see you. And who knows, maybe you're going to be involved in that and you don't even know. So um, be, be a conduit of that. And you don't even know. So um so I think it's really good that just in general, as a church, we are aware of how to most lovingly and truthfully, um, you know, uh, address this issue and walk. I love that you've used accompanying. And I know that that can be such a buzzword sometimes, but if we, if we stop you, if we, if we truly take what that means and, and do it right, like that's what Jesus did with the apostles. That was Jesus wants to do with us. And that's how Jesus wants to use us in others' lives is that we accompany others, um, not just with, just with this issue, but with any, the Christian life is about journeying with others. And so if we don't, um, if we don't have people to journey with this struggle or any struggle is hard. We all, like you said, we all have crosses. We all need a Simon of Cyrene, no matter what the cross is. So, um, really thank you for, for sharing, um, this cross, your cross with us today. And, um, I hope that we, um, 
know that know of my prayers um and hopefully uh, I, I hope i hope with each passing day it gets a little lighter or um or easier to carry um is there anything else you like last bits of information you want to maybe share with teachers or you know maybe where people can find you or your favorite resources or things like that to just kind of give um give a word of encouragement to those listening yeah absolutely um you know, um, before I go into the plugging in my resources and stuff like that, I do want to just hit on that, what you said, you know, accompaniment. I, I do find this in the church that people are, Catholics seem more and more afraid of that word, right? Um, because it almost seems people see that if I talk to this person who experiences same-sex attraction, even if they might not be acting on their attractions, they might not be sinning at all. But if I talk to this person, it's condoning, it's endorsing, you know, it's, it's pushing them towards the LGBT plus community and the world's idea and the world's, and it's like, that's, since when was this, a, we can't be afraid of that. We have to sit at the table. It's like you said, Jesus in the gospel, like he didn't stand from afar. He sat with the prostitutes. He sat with the tax collectors. Again, he met them where they were at. He didn't let them stay there. I'm not saying that Jesus sat with them and told them everything was fine. And, you know, like they were doing great and we were all happy. And, you know, Jesus wasn't a hippie, but at the same time, he also, he sat and we can't be afraid to sit. We can't be afraid to sit at the table and we need to sit at the table. Um, we need to sit with our brothers and sisters who experience same extraction, who it's like you said, not even same extraction, who are struggling with pornography, who are struggling with, heterosexual lust which the catechism also defines as disordered um we it's like i said we all struggle in some aspect with something we all have a cross that we need to be accompanied um alongside and um i really appreciate you speaking into that because we cannot be afraid um and we are doing nothing but damage to each other and to the body of christ if we are hesitating to help each other strive for holiness like we need to build each other up towards the kingdom um so don't be afraid teachers anyone out there listening educators teachers whoever um pray for just the grace from the lord and the guidance for how you are to accompany um for how you are to love this person this daughter this son um but don't be afraid because the lord works wonders and jesus is is present in those moments of accompaniment and um, yeah, so do not be afraid. Um, so in regards to where you can find me, um, so I, like I said, I'm currently a student at Princeton University of Seminole, so that's where I'm at um, right now. So please pray for me as I finish my last year of school, of college, finishing up there. In the meantime, though, I do use my social media platforms um, to speak on the topic of same-sex attraction publicly, as well as just um, just the goodness of the faith and the truth. Um, so I will go ahead and if you can find me on Instagram, that's uh, at call me Manny. Um, so call me Manny with two extra Y's at the end. So three Y's total. Um, and in my Instagram bio, I have a link tree with all my other links. So my website, what a beautiful cross. Um, it's a Wix site blog. I have a YouTube channel that you just look up Emmanuel Gonzalez and you can find me on there as well. Um, and also you, I have a number of interviews out, like I said, with all different podcasts and platforms if you search my name or just find my instagram you'll be able to find those interviews um so i pray that those resources can help you out um and then along with that um some resources i would recommend um just turning your kids towards um eden invitation is a beautiful catholic apostolate specifically for young catholics who experience same-sex attraction and are striving to live chaste lives 
Um, they're an online community and I know the founders personally. They're beautiful women. It's a beautiful app stall. It would recommend. Another one is Courage International. They're the church's um, pretty much unofficial apostolate for individuals who are trying to live chaste lives who experience same-sex attractions. Um, they are an international apostolate. So they have chapters all over the nation. Um, I'm currently working for them as an intern this summer. So I got to gotta hype them up. They're a beautiful place to turn to. And then um, Kim Zember is an amazing um, speaker on this topic. Avera Maria Santo, Hudson Biblo, um, Desire of the Everlasting Hills is a beautiful documentary on this subject. Um, Jason Never does a phenomenal job talking on this. Um, and Father Mike Schmitz as well. He does a phenomenal job speaking on this topic. So I hope that those resources are able to help you out, educators and teachers. And please pray for me. Know that I will be praying for you, Jose, for all of the teachers um, in the church. You all have such a special role of forming young Catholics. And I thank you for um, just allowing Christ to use you in that way. And um, yeah, know that I'll be praying for you and God bless all of you guys. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Manny. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, thank you again to Manny. Uh, what a uh, what a witness! Uh, I really encourage you to pray for him. Uh, pray for his for the grace for him to continue to carry his cross well. Uh, what a beautiful gift his testimony is to our church, um, and what a beautiful gift it is to those who struggle uh, with same sex attraction. Uh, I pray that he continues to be fruitful, and I pray that you were given um, some inspiration and also some points to reflect on in practical things that you can do in your classrooms when addressing this topic. Uh, as a reminder, if you need a certificate for having listened to this episode or any others, visit sophiainstituteforteachers.org slash CITC certificates. As a reminder, we only send and process certificates on the 1st and 15th of every month. If you have not done so, please subscribe and give us a review. We hope that you share uh, the good news about this podcast with your friends and that you enjoy what we have to share with you. Let's end our time as usual in prayer, um, begging the intercession of our patron saint, St. John Bosco, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. John Bosco, you heroically sacrificed yourself in order to lead young people to Christ, to form them in the truth and morals of the Christian faith, and to establish lasting Christian education. Help me in my work as a teacher. Obtain for me from God holy love for my students, so that I may generously guard them from the devil and from danger, and guide them to Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as always, if you have not done so already, please check out our website, sophiainstituteforteachers.org, for many free resources. God bless you all. God bless your week. God bless your ministries as teachers and catechists. May the Lord bear much fruit in the work that you do, and we hope that you'll listen next week. God bless.